it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Series 3 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the men's basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In Season 1, we told the story God wrote of how the men in our program traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three, ultimately culminating in a national championship. Here's Coach Tonegal in Episode 1 talking about how pursuing God first and others second translates to any context. It's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams, which is the exact opposite as we've talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness. This series will take listeners inside each program in IWU's athletic department, sharing how each coach is flipping the world's vision of leadership upside down, instead pursuing kingdom greatness through discipleship. The terminology in each program may be different, and the application may change. But the coaches at IWU believe pursuing God first and others second is a powerful way to live and to lead in any context. Today's episode will feature the softball program. Coach Steve Babinski has created one of the best programs in the country, averaging over 40 wins, advancing to multiple NAI national tournaments, and going to the World Series for the first time in program history. He'll join in the first half, followed by sophomore Paige Creasy in the second. In overtime, Athletic Director Mark DeMichael will join us again, to talk about different personalities and different contexts of discipleship. We're joined now by one of my favorite leaders, Coach Steve Babinski. And one of the things I love, Babs, is every time we talk, you got a new story about what's happening in your program. So why don't you take a minute and just maybe give an update. Over the past few years, what's been going on in your program? Thanks, JC. Um, wow, to sum it up, God. God is uh, God's doing big stuff. Um, Looking back over the rosters in the last few years, everyone has such an amazing story and so many God moments, but to kind of pinpoint it, some off-the-field miracles, we've, uh, we've had people come to know Christ and making radical transformational moves, whether that is a first time saying yes to a new faith in, um, in Jesus Christ or it's coming back alive from a faith that has been dead. We've, um, last year alone, um, I had the privilege of baptizing 11 of my players um, and going on on mission trips, seeing kids come alive spiritually and um, being able to understand that softball is is simply a a catalyst to to help others to the throne. Um, That's that's honestly the last three or four years, all that's come alive. One of the things I love about catching up with you is I know your high level when it comes to softball because I see you studying it. I see you teach your girls it. I see the way other coaches listen to you. But when I talk, what you always bring up is the hearts of your girls and the growth you're seeing in the program. And at a heart level, you and your staff, what you care about is the growth of your players to set them up for for their life in Christ. So with that in mind, what's happening now in your program? Mm. Uh, right now, man, God's stirring in such a way that there's a lot of things that all of us staff and our players have suppressed, a lot of things that we've tried to kind of hide and, and get over and push over and um, just try to be better 
um, without dealing with it. And God's stirred in such a way where a lot of that stuff is is coming to the surface, and we are taking the time for individual counseling and and um, um, opening up the Word of God and and memorizing Scripture and combating uh, lies that we believe with the truth of, of God and His principles. Uh, right now, I would say, um, not even kidding, everyone in our program is dealing with something big, but it's not a uh, it's not crippling. Um, it is. Uh, it's going to be so good when we're able to fast forward through some of this. But right now, it's building a level of depth um, and trust in each other and in in uh, in the Word of God because we're seeing we're seeing some some miracles literally every day. Where we're we are in Zephaniah and no one's in Zephaniah and we're picking up uh, verses that are powerful and then in chapel the next day Zephaniah 3 is brought up the same verse that we're hammering and we're like are you kidding me and that stuff isn't um, isn't rare anymore like we're seeing that stuff happen each and every day but that's very countercultural. I think a lot of coaches would say well, you come to softball to have a release from all those things you're dealing with and come and for an hour and a half, you don't have to think about all the stuff that every one of us has in our lives. You can come and get away from it and then go back to it. So why as a leader are you choosing to engage this head on? Hmm. Well, I think um, the world of softball, absolutely the culture is is set up as stuff, stuff where uh, you do everything to win and, and, and you either win or die trying. Um and don't get me wrong, um, when, when we're uh, on the field and when we're preparing, all of our strategies, all of our intentionality is to win, win ball games. However, it's not the purpose and it's not, it's not our, uh, our umbrella. Our umbrella is we get to play softball, we get to coach softball, and we get to do it with the best of our ability and that's how we're going to glorify God. But it's just a season of our life. Before I was a softball coach, I was something else. After I'm done being a softball coach, I'm something else. Um, I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm trying to make heaven more crowded and disciple the kids in such a way where God's expansion plan um, can, can, can be full circle and can reach people that I've never met um, because of his influence on, on my life and my circles. Talk to us about Platform Up. It's something that you've been saying and we see it lived out. What do you mean when you say that? Platform Up. Um, the idea that um, us being on a college softball team in itself is, is, is a platform. Whether it's good or bad, how we use it is good or bad. So we want that platform, when people look in, to, uh, to represent Jesus Christ. Um, even if the members of that team don't know Jesus, they know what we're standing for. They know that when somebody looks in, they will see a, a team that is loving, that is sacrificial, that uh, we lead by service and not by um, entitlement. Um, we are empowered to lead um, by service. And so the idea of that platform, and we see it, it's, it's, a, it's a noun. It's something that that we stand on, but um, we're preaching, um, our whole squad is preaching that uh, we need to turn that noun into a verb and actively um, engage uh, our day with the idea that our platform is going to reach somebody today. So we put a, a little dash after platform and we put UP at the end of it, so we're platforming up 
um, our practice shirts, our, our hoodies, our gear, like everything is the idea of platform up. So it's action. It's action. It's, it's taking our faith to, um, to, uh, to, uh, to everyone every day. So as a team, you guys are going deep and you're developing trust in your relationships because you're being authentic with where you're at. And you're, you're putting your ladies in position where they can grow through some of the most challenging time. Then you're going onto the field and you're using that as a platform to express the way you've been growing in Christ. What have you seen happen as, as fruit of, of some of this pursuit? 100%. Um, well, um, some very basic stuff. Um, uh, it's pretty common for teams in our league to pray with the other team after games, but um, we are now bringing our worship to the events. Uh, literal, the music worship and sharing worship, our team got such a, a glimpse of what could happen um, with God's ripples if we invite other teams to worship with us. So last year in postseason, we were able to worship with our opponents, um, sing Christian songs, worship songs. Not everyone in that room was a, was a Christ follower, um, but they they were there. They, they participated. They, they either shared or listened to it. Because of that, I was able to personally, um, God opened up some doors. I was, I was able to baptize four non-IWOOP uh, uh, players. Um, now, fast forward, and as I'm preparing the schedule for the spring, the girls are, are hounding me about, hey, can we do this to start the season? Can we? So we're opening up in, in Kentucky, and we're playing a doubleheader, staying the night playing a doubleheader against another team, and pursuing both teams, asking them, what if we did a pizza party that night and we did this praise and worship where I, I walked them through it? Both teams are in. We're going um, to start the season, open up um, against two separate teams we, we have no relationship with, um, and we're going to battle on the field, and we're going to come back. We're going to break bread together. We're going to share about our faith. Some of our girls have it on their heart to share the gospel um, as it relates to their personal testimony. And um, we're going to bring, uh, we're creating these uh, these uh, business cards that basically basically have a, a short little, little uh, Jesus plug along with um, getting them back to our social media ties. So then when we find that they are liking them and, and following our social media pages, we'll then reach out as follow-up, let them know, hey, I totally remember you. Um, thank you for following. What, what, uh, what was your experience like at that worship night? Uh, we're going to do that with our waiters, with our waitresses, with, with the people in the hotels. Like um, Softball is simply a vehicle to Jesus Christ. And um, what's been amazing, I've, I've learned this in my own faith, but getting my 18 to 22-year-olds to not only buy into that, but see the miracles that are happening. It's, uh, that, that allows me to, uh, to wake up in the morning geeking out about what God's going to do. And there always is a level of passion and zeal within your program. But I think something that's important for the listeners to understand from my perspective, when I see your ladies compete, there is a fierceness about your team. <laughs> yeah, um, it might sound like we were we were pushed over just by how kind and compassionate I, I'm coming across, and that's still a goal. We still want to represent Jesus in every inning we play, but I have some of the best coaching staff around, and I recruit some of the best uh, players around, and so we play at a high level. We are 
going to be the most aggressive team on the field at all times in every aspect of the game. Um, we will never be outcoached or outworked. Um, and uh, these girls, there's a level of fearlessness that um, they've, they've been able to adopt and embrace that has really propelled their game to the next level. We're the only team in the nation the last three years have had three separate players with 20 home runs or more. Last year alone, we had 60 home runs as a team and 150 stolen bases. And we led the nation for NAI Division I, NCAA Division III, and all JUCOs and wins. There's only one other college program in the entire nation to have more wins than us. Um, they had 61, we had 58. Even every national champion um, in any division had less wins than, than Indiana Wesleyan. So we just we go after it and, and we do it the right way. We will lose with class and we will win with class. And God's blessing us in such a way that we just are, are, are fortunate enough we don't have to lose with class a lot. Um, we, we get to practice to win, win with class. So talk about what's next. What do you see in the horizon for your softball program? That's a great question. Um, I think my personality is definitely in the present. Um, just to be honest, in the horizon, I see breakthrough. Um, like I said earlier, uh, we're in a season right now where God is stirring up a lot of stuff, and it's hard. It's hard. It's so worth it, though. Um, it's like when you are in the middle of your heavy lifting season where your body hurts all the time, but you're seeing the gains, and the shower after the workout is the reward. Um, because you didn't cut corners, you push yourself, you got a new personal best, you are just, you know, you're buying in, even though the the time for the testing isn't, isn't there yet. So I feel like right now we are in that workout stage emotionally, mentally, and, and spiritually. So on the horizon, it's breakthrough. We're seeing glimpses of breakthrough, um, restored relationships, um, family um, restoration, um, forgiveness. Uh, there is so much unforgiveness in this world, and especially, man, in the, the ones entrusted to me. Um, and if you hear some of these stories, you can understand why they they shouldn't forgive somebody. But when they realize that they forgive because Christ forgave them, and they also realize that by forgiving somebody else, it actually releases themselves um, from that captivity. Um, man, we're we're seeing breakthrough, but on the horizon, we're we're gonna see some miraculous breakthroughs. Last thing, Babs. Talk to a recruit out there who may be listening and saying, sounds good, but it's a little intimidating, and I don't really want to forgive someone else. Why is Indiana Wesleyan the place for them to come to play softball? Mm. We're never going to tell you to forgive. We're never going to tell you to do anything in your faith. It's regardless, wherever you start, wherever you think you're at, we just need you 1% better every day. And that's in your faith, that's in the classroom, that is playing softball. Um, our life is a journey, and we need you committed to getting better in all areas of your life. So I've, I've had my fair share of recruits intimidated by Indiana Wesleyan because they don't have a home church. Every Sunday, they're at a tournament somewhere else. And so they don't have a church. They're intimidated. They think everyone knows everything when they come here. But that is not the case. And more importantly, if you identify you're at a zero in your faith, then let's get to a one. 
Let and then from there, let's jump to a two somehow. Then get to a three and a four. We're never gonna force you to do anything you want. You don't want to do. We're never gonna force you to pray. We're never gonna force you to um, to do something you feel uncomfortable with. However, saying that this year we've had so many um, first time celebrations because somebody prayed out loud for the first time because somebody wants to get baptized because uh, we had somebody this fall who made that faith faith jump of saying, you know what, I didn't know anything before, and now I, I understand who God is. I understand that my sin separates um, me from God, and that's why he brought Jesus Christ um, to die on, the sin, die on the cross for my sin, and that he alone is the payment that can cover my sin, that can restore that broken relationship that my sin had with, with God. And now I can have a, a personal relationship. I don't know what that means, but let's go. Let's find out. And so with a, a culture that is loving and embracing, not judging, it, man, if you can if you can honestly say y you want to grow in your faith wherever you start, that academically you want to get a degree in such a way that will prepare you to make the biggest difference in the world, not just uh, get a, a high-paying job, but um, get a degree that will be able to make some amazing ripples in the community that, that you uh, build roots, at, roots in, and you're going to help us on the field, those three components, let's go. We want to see you here. I, I want to see, I want to meet you. I want to get to get to see if our personalities click. Um, and Jeff, like our, our biggest success is years ago, I stopped trying to find my team. Um, and I, I, I've been asking since that God, he gives us your team. I want, I want to coach God's team. Um, and sometimes it doesn't make sense when I make an offer. Maybe uh, maybe there's a kid who's better equipped on the field that I said no to than another kid. But that other kid I fell in love with, and that other kid becomes a first-team all-conference player. Or maybe doesn't play at all, but is such a heartbeat for the team and for, for, for Christ that their influence on our team in our dugout is more valuable than any at-bat or, or any uh, any innings pitched. So if any of that resonates with you guys, dude, steve.babinski at endwest.edu. We'd love to have you. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined now by sophomore Paige Creasy. Can you share the story about how you ended up at Indiana Wesleyan, Paige? Yes, so um, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I went to a high school called Rockford, and my school is very big on, like, if you go, if you play sports and you want to play in college, like, 
you should play D1 or else like you're not actually that good. And so I struggled with that for a while. I was like, do I even want to play Division One? Like that's a huge commitment. And then I finally realized like I wanted to play college softball and it was like going into my senior year and I like had no one to talk to. Like I wasn't talking to schools. Um, I guess I was talking to a few like smaller schools, other places in the country, one in West Virginia, one that was like five miles from my house. And I just didn't want to just settle for a school. And then one day I got an email from Coach Juber. It was just like a mass email to everyone. And like, he's like, come to our hitting camp. And I was like, I guess I'll go. So I drove to Indiana and that was uh, quite the experience. My car ended up breaking down, but we got there and um, I honestly didn't think I would come here. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'll just go. And I ended up talking with Coach Babs and he expressed interest. So I ended up calling him a few days later um, a lot of people from my high school actually come here, and so I had known about it, but I never thought I would be here. And I came down for another visit, and it was a one-on-one -on -one tryout. My tryout was terrible, like the worst. I missed almost every pop fly that was hit to me, and it was so bad. And so the fact that they still wanted me, I was like, I don't understand. So then take us to your freshman year. You, you come in as a freshman. Talk through that, that first season you had here. Um, yeah, so my freshman year, I came in. Um, I ended up tearing my labrum my senior year of high school, um, and in July I had to have surgery. It was my left shoulder, um, and so I didn't play at all that summer, and I came in without a major, and I was just super discouraged. I didn't want to be here. I was four hours away from home. All my friends were still in high school or back at home, and I was like, what am I doing here? I didn't enjoy the team. Um, I hated going to practice every day. I felt very just like there going through the motions, wasn't participating, wasn't making friends in softball because I couldn't play, wasn't making friends outside of softball because I was, I was always at softball. And then I was just taking all these gen eds and I was like, what am I doing? Um, so I just had a terrible, terrible attitude until um, I went home for Christmas break and I met up with a lot of my friends that are now playing like at bigger schools or just like secular schools or even Christian schools that don't have the same heartbeat as IWU. And I just realized like, that our, not only our softball team, but just our entire athletic program and our entire school system is just so Christ-centered. And the way that they live is like, regardless of wins, losses, like awards, whatever, um, we're not doing this for that, but we're doing that. We're doing all of what we're doing just to make Christ known. And just the idea of like the family atmosphere, like realizing how many, how many people care about me, even with where I'm at, even with where my attitude's at. Um, and even how selfish I was acting, like it just made it all worth it. And it definitely changed my mindset in that moment. Um, coming back from Christmas break, I was cleared and was able to start playing again, like little things, not fully, but, um, and I just started to realize that as I was falling in love with softball again because of what it was allowing us to do for the kingdom, I realized that you have to um, take every opportunity that you're given um, and like steward that well in a way for the kingdom in the idea of if we're given practice today and I have two hours to get better, like how am I going to get better? How am I going to use this time? How am I going to use my teammates and what the coaches are giving me to therefore glorify the king? Because what we do in the spring is only going to, it's only going to show how much we put in in the fall. And while you can get caught up in the mundane every day of just like taking a ground ball here, hitting a ball over there, like you have to, Focus on the little things and focus on like what you can do to set yourself up, therefore later, to like be the next 
like the next level, as Steve Gidley always says. Um, but it's just the idea of like, even if you have stuff going on outside of softball, we have this team where, um, like, if I'm struggling with something in my family, I have this team where I can talk about it with them. But at the same time, like, they don't want me to just like share that with them. They still want me to get better in all aspects of life. And I just think that it just speaks so much about our program and how we care about each other as individuals and we care about each other as players. But through that care for each other, we're caring more for Jesus and just the lives that we impact through that. Coach Babs talked in the first half about how your team's really gone to deeper places because everyone's just dealing with something different. What's it like to be on a team where you're able to talk about things that you're really dealing with off the field, and then how does that actually help the team in the long run? Mm, um, I think it builds up our our uh, team chemistry a lot, and you can tell when in games when like a team cares about each other or if they just care about winning. And when you care about each other, like when someone makes an error, it's not the end of the world. It's okay, we're gonna pick her up, and we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna set up for success for the next play, and we're gonna. We're, we always talk about being Aaron and her for each other. Like when Moses couldn't keep his arms up anymore, they held each other's arms up. That's like our team passage to go to, like especially with everyone's walking through stuff right now. We're each, we're each other's Aaron and her. And you just, even if it's an error, if it's you failed a test, if it's something going on with family, like that just builds our chemistry in unspeakable volumes. So what does it look like, last thing, on a team like this, uh, you're you're building into each other. You're pushing each other. You're being Aaron and her for each other. If someone's not living up to the standard, what are you called to do as a leader? Um, we talked about this as a team. The idea of calling up instead of calling out, because oftentimes when people are going through things and they want to bring that to practice, there's a fine line of bringing it to practice to ask for help and bringing it to practice to sit in it. Um, so the idea of being there to help each other carry it, but not letting people mope in it and understanding that like the Lord's got it and walking through that together and understanding that on the other side you're going to be stronger. So if if someone's holding back because of what they're walking through, you have to call them up in love instead of trying to like shame them or like make them feel bad for what they're going through and understanding that like everyone deals with things different and if you attack them and try to like make them feel bad or like you just don't go about it in the right way it's gonna cause division in the team but under like setting the precedence and knowing that like we're here for each other and wanting to help each other we're joined by athletic director mark DeMichael, talking about the softball program can you talk a little bit about coach babinski because he is one of those guys that when you're around him you just leave feeling energized you you leave with a sense of excitement and zeal what is it about coach babs yeah, when we talk in IW Athletics about coaches having different approaches and different personalities, and but they're all unified within the same mission. Coach Babinski is one of those that he is unique. He, <laughs> he does it in a different way than anybody else does it. Uh, he is uh, he started out as a youth pastor, and you can see that because he is high energy, high passion, um, loves relationships, loves bringing groups together and doing things together, and his whole approach. Uh, to the ministry piece, to the mission piece within his team and, and outside of his team externally is about doing it as a family and, and the unifying of the Holy Spirit and being high energy and the joy that you see in him and the way he does everything um, is, uh, is a unique 
piece that he brings to our department. It's really fascinating comparing the baseball and softball programs because it's natural within athletics to compare, especially to other successful programs. But you have two very different personalities and if either of them tried to be the other, it would be a disaster. But yeah. both live into who they are, the calling that they have, and you see great results. Why do you think there's such a, a tendency towards comparison in athletics? And why is it so important that, that we try to avoid that and, and realize who we're called to be? Right. Well, the coaches get sick of me saying it, but I say a lot, comparison is a thief of joy. And I think it's a tool that Satan uses very effectively in our world today, even among, among believers uh, because there's there's always a question we want to think in our in our humanness. What does what does the other guy have? What is that person doing, or or that kind of thing? And we envy the skills and abilities that others have that we don't have, and we tend to be able to pick those out pretty quickly. And so the danger is that we try so hard to have a, a skill or a ability or a talent that someone else has because we admire it where we're almost, we're shortchanging the Lord and we're not giving the Lord credit for the gifts and abilities he's blessed us with. And, and that's the first and foremost what he's called us to do. So it goes back to that, where is your identity and where is your value? If it's in the person that God created you, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. When we believe that in our hearts and embrace that and know that the Lord has made us this way, then comparing is less of a danger, less of a temptation. And then we can focus on really developing ourselves to be the people God's called us to be. One of the things I've noticed about Coach Babs is every time I talk to him, he's got a new story about what God's doing in the program. What do you attribute that to? He's never satisfied. He is, he's such a high-energy guy. He's always looking for ways to do things better, and that's softball-wise and spiritually. He, he's, always, he's creative. If you go watch his team play, they do some of the, the wackiest defensive <laughs> shifts and strategies. He's not, he has no fear when it comes to thinking outside the box. It's who he is. He's a creative guy. So spiritually, when it comes to his ministry and his mission, he's the same way. He's always looking for different ways to connect Jesus to his players or to have his players and his team be able to be used to connect the Lord to the, ex the external uh, population that they come in contact with. So, um, boy, God's blessed him with the, with the ability to think in ways that others don't, and he's committed that to the Lord. So there's always new things happening. There's always growth happening because he's always looking for new ways and creative ways to do this mission. And that may come out differently in different leaders, but there is a tendency at times to think about what happened before and try to repeat that rather than looking on the horizons and seeing what's next. Why is it so important in our faith to stay fresh? Because the world's changing all the time. I mean, the world doesn't stay stagnant. And what, what worked five years ago, five weeks ago, may not work today because things change. And I think the Lord, first and foremost, is calling us to always grow in our faith. There's always more to learn. There's always growth to be, to be had. And then on top of that, staying current and staying open to the Holy Spirit prompting us and giving us a vision on what's next because those receiving the word those that are coming into our life are different and they're always changing. So we have to be able to grow and change with it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, Hashtag Ask I Will Hoops or email 
jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.